Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. It is, in fact, a bit older than you might think. We're talking about the bouncy castle today. Simon Tierney joins us again. Uh, good afternoon, Simon. Afternoon, Sean. How uh, are you? Uh, so how old is the bouncy castle? Um, it dates it conceptually, certainly, back to the late 1950s. Uh, practically, uh, in real-world terms, we're talking about the late 1960s when one was actually bounced on for the first time. And, and who invented it? So it was a man by the name of John Scurlock, who some listeners may have come across before, Sean, because he's perhaps better known as the inventor of, how do I describe it? Um, it's hard to find a word for it, but it's basically an inflatable pillow that's used by firemen, firefighters, at the base of a building. If someone needs to jump out of a building oh, yeah. in case of an emergency, you can see the crossover in, in, in terms of the, the ingenuity that's used for both inventions there. Um, he was a NASA plastics expert uh, in the late 1950s, and he was working on a couple of different projects, but one of the projects that he was working on away from NASA was actually an idea for an inflatable cover that was going to be used to protect swimming pools, uh, tennis courts from rain, if it was raining and you wanted to kind of have a, a cheap version of a prefab indoor tennis court. I think you occasionally see them around Ireland. Um, there's a huge inflatable cover uh, over one of the sites at Leopardstown Racecourse at the moment. I was driving past it the other day. Those type of inflatable covers, that's what he was working on. But when his staff were installing these covers, before they were put up, he saw that they were bouncing on them and having great crack. And he discussed this with his wife, uh, Frances, who became very instrumental in commercialising the idea later on. They realised that they kind of inadvertently come across a brilliant idea, very different to the one that they were intending to invent in the first place. Right, yes, indeed. And, and, and uh, so the, I suppose the castle really was more just a bouncy mattress, really, at the start. Exactly, yeah. So this was really a bouncy pillow, mattress, platform, whatever word you want to use. The word that they used for it, interestingly, Sean, was a spacewalk. And that was the name of the company that they set up in 1968, about 10 years after they first had the idea. And to this day, some Americans still call bouncy castles a spacewalk because it's the idea that it feels like you're waiting and that you're walking in a kind of a, a lower gravity environment, that it gives that feeling of weightlessness. Um, Americans often call it a, a, what is it, a bouncy house as well, um, bouncy castle in this part of the world. Um, then they also set up another company alongside called the Safety Air Cushion Inc. Uh, company, which, as I say, was developing these uh, cushion platforms for people to jump out of buildings or to jump from heights in, in the case of an emergency. Now, the spacewalk, um, when it first launched in 1968, it retailed at around $19.99. That was for rental for a 24-hour period. They're obviously much more expensive nowadays, but $20 was a lot in the late 1960s. 
they were made with PVC. Um, the seams were a kind of a webbed nylon material. It's important that that we say the material because, of course, John Scurlock was a plastics expert. That's why he had been employed by NASA in the first place. So he was using plastics um, and new versions of plastics, even with this side hustle as well. Right. OK. Well, uh, PVC doesn't sound like it's much fun to jump on, though. No, no, I don't think so. But the nylon webbing is really important because when I was researching this, I kind of got to thinking, I don't know when's the last time you saw a bouncy castle in action, Sean, but one of the things that you really want to keep the kids away from is at the back of the bouncy castle, the the mechanics of it. And there's a, quite a lot of equipment that comes with it because there's a fan um, that is a motorized fan that's constantly pushing air into the system. So it's not actually, a, a bouncy castle isn't a sealed environment. It's cons, It works on the principle of pressure and seepage. So it, it's understood that with a bouncy castle that it's constantly, uh, there's air constantly escaping from it. That's because the seams actually have tiny little holes in them but you're constantly pushing air into it as well. So the air air is actually moving through the system all the time. It's not static at all. This makes it very, very bouncy, but it also means that if there's any little punctures on it or anything like that, it doesn't really matter because the, there's a constant ah. stream of air. So the, the earliest machine, the mechanical output that was used was a fan with a two horsepower engine, um, petrol, uh, gasoline power, petrol powered, uh, as we say. And as you said, it was this kind of huge, giant mattress. There was nothing on the sides to prevent kids bouncing off it and onto the ground. Um, after a while, you know, people had the idea that maybe we should put some some mats or some little mini mattresses on the side because all these kids are bouncing off it like space rockets. So uh, that was certainly an early hazard that needed to be dealt with quite quickly. Mm, so it wasn't conceptually a castle, really. It only grew walls to stop the kids landing in the neighbor's gardens. Exactly. The castle, the castle part was a necessity. It wasn't until 1974 that the Skurlocks had the idea to put walls on it. Now, what they did was they didn't just put walls on it. They put a roof on it as well. And it became very, very warm inside. It was very, there was very little ventilation in this plastic PVC sealed environment. So what they did was they created four columns and then they put netted walls on the four sides, which mm. meant that there was plenty of ventilation. Now, you can see where this is going conceptually. If you can see the drawing, the sketch in your head, you've got a platform with four columns it's a short leap from there to adding a few turrets and suddenly it looks like a castle. So it was quite organic where the castle design came from, more from uh, function and necessity rather than some sort of conceptual idea. Yeah, so probably at some point somebody said, oh, it's a castle. And the, and the, and the Skurlock said, oh, yeah, yeah, that's totally what we meant. Uh, that, that was the whole idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's actually a great marketing idea. Yeah, we'll keep that. We'll keep that. Uh, uh, so when did the Bouncy Castle arrive in Ireland? So as, I, as is my want, uh, often with this series, Sean, I did a deep dive into the Irish newspaper archive. And it was interesting. I kept having to change the dates because I was going back to see 
when was the first mention of a bouncy castle in the Irish press? And it wasn't until um, the early 80s that I found a mention, but that was actually Sally Perks, who is the founder of um, Perks Funfair, which will be well known to people down in Cork. This is, of course, in Yall. It's a huge funfair down there, still going, founded in the early 1930s, one of Ireland's oldest funfairs. And Sally Perks, she was a very savvy, uh, still is a very savvy businesswoman. She introduced the Bouncy Castle to Ireland in 1977. She was the first person to bring this over to Ireland in the late 1970s. And not only that, Sean, she was a huge advocate for introducing really strong safety measures for bouncy castles. Um, she was often quoted in Irish newspapers in the early 1980s about charlatans running bad bouncy castle businesses. And she was always pushing for making sure that bouncy castles were moored, that, were, that they were tethered. And we know from the past year that this is one of the most crucial things. There was, of course, that terrible tragedy in Tasmania um, last year when five children died and, and um, there was another case in Valencia. And again, both of those occasions, bouncy castles didn't seem to be moored correctly, allegedly, because of gust of wind got involved. So it's so she was a great advocate for mooring these structures to the ground. Sally Perks bringing the bouncy castle to Ireland. Simon, thanks a million. As ever, Simon Tierney there. You are listening to The Moncrief Show on Newstalk. We're going to take a break. Back in a couple of minutes. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2pm on Newstalk.